I, I preached the message in 2014 uh, here. It's called the outworking, uh, the outworking of being in Christ. You know what that looks like for us, and uh, it it looks like something that sometimes we don't want. I, I think I read somewhere or heard somewhere, it may have been at, at SCS, I think it was at SCS, that there are, there are a great many believers who are wanting a, a um, sacrif- a sacrificial-less Christianity, a a less costly Christianity. Christianity doesn't cost them. It's not sacrificial. They, they want something that's easy, most believers. And uh, if you say, well, I don't know if that's right, well, just travel with me a little bit. Uh, travel with me a little bit. And, uh, but there are m- those of us who have given ourselves over to costly Christianity. Christianity where we must sacrifice. And that is the Christianity that is changing the world. Christianity where the Spirit of the Lord lives in believers. And where people are led by the Spirit of God and not by natural inclinations and not led by uh, those natural tendencies, but give themselves over to the indwelling Spirit of Christ. And these are difference makers in the world. And I believe that you are that. I believe that you are a difference maker, that you have resolved to make a difference. I've always said from the time I was a child, and I know I didn't say it by my own uh, knowledge or or it, I didn't have any real wisdom, any wisdom at all. I don't think children have wisdom, I don't think. Uh, but uh, I, would, I, would, I would always say, I, w- I want the world to be a different place because I lived. And I think that you and I can resolve to do that. And I think we should resolve to do that. Um, um, you know, what does being in Christ look like? We have to ask ourselves. And we, we talk about these themes over and over and over and over. I remember my pastor once was talking about uh, John the Baptist. He said John the Baptist had one message because it, there was no reason to go to another one until the people got that one. <laughs> what does Christ look like? Walking in love is what Christ looks like. And that's not really in my view, in my understanding of the subjective, you know, the personal, that which goes through my filters. But I think there's an objective love that comes to the believer. That is a a love of God that is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And it's poured out in our spirits now. Then, Then we have to, as much as is possible, then express that kind of love not the kind of love that is qualified by my own emotions. We, we must express that God kind of love. And it costs something. It costs you something. And uh, that's what 
will change the world. When we travel, I, uh, I try to hold my emotions in because, you know, when God deals with you, he doesn't just deal with you intellectually. I know sometimes we want God to just deal with our intellect, but God has emotions, and God will deal with us in every sphere. He deals with us in the physical. I, I, I've seen him deal with me in the physical. I remember once when uh, uh, Dr. Reedy was preaching, and he started talking about God stirring up his zeal like a man of war. And, and he, you know, he shouted, like a man of war. And I went, ah! You know. Then I thought, they're going to sure fire me from this church. <laughs> you know, I, I just got caught up in it. And so God works with us these ways, and he works with us uh, emotionally, and he works with us uh, intellectually. So God does work with his people. So let us yield ourselves to God in whatever he wants to do, and let's not try to be God's counselors. And let's change the world. You know, Paul in, Paul in Ephesians 5 I, I've got down, I'm, I'm always uh, optimistic that I can, I can really do 33 scriptures. I mean, uh, I really think this time I'm going to do it. I, I really can do it, uh, but I can't do it. Y'all know that, I can't do it. So I'll just read you a few of these. Paul tells us how to work out this amazing Christian reality that God's given us. There's nothing beautiful as beautiful as Christianity. There's nothing like it on the earth. And every man-made religion is obviously man-made when you compare it to Christianity. You just lay it beside Christianity, and it just doesn't pass muster. It doesn't. And so we know that. And, and, and beyond even what we can see visibly and what we can know intellectually, we have a, a, a witness or the witness of the Holy Spirit within us who is telling us and showing us and continually saying, you're right, you're right, keep going, keep going. That is the witness of the Holy Spirit in us. Not just something that I work up in my mind. Not something I work up because I have emotions or because I have intellect, but it is someone in us. We know that is reality. So let's walk in that, and when ourselves try to interfere, then let us be quick to rebuke ourselves. Let, let us not wait on someone else to rebuke us, but let us say to ourselves, wait a minute, that's not right. That's not right. I, I believe in talking to myself. Yes, when I would work on things, and as a younger man, I would work on things, and sometimes I would talk to myself. You know, you work on it, and you drop the, 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 the nut that goes on the bolt, and you say, where in the world are you? You know, you talk to yourself a little bit. You, you, lose, you, you, drop, you lose something, you go, where did I put that? Who are you talking to? You're talking to yourself. You know, where did I put that? And you're looking around. Well, here we can talk to ourselves uh, by the Word of God, using the Word of God, and then we become much better. Uh, we have a responsibility to those who are lost. We do. We have a responsibility to tell them about Jesus. And that's what Paul meant in Romans 15 when he said he had preached the, the gospel. He actually preached the gospel from Jerusalem all about 
even around to Illyricum, through Albania and Croatia and Serbia, in those places. He preached the gospel. And those people, uh, in huge numbers, became believers. But something happened. I believe a complacency set in. I believe uh, philosophy began to inform them. Uh, other things other than the Word of God. And we have to hold the, to the Word of God, embrace the Word of God, uh, I think more firmly than we've ever, because the deceit is real uh, and the enemy is trying to beguile all of us. Paul tells Ephesians in verse 1, therefore be imitators, uh, followers, or even mimickers of God as dear children. Paul isn't saying that we should stay there, but he is telling you how to get started that just as, uh, as a little boy and, and coming from a large family, we would mimic mom and dad. Uh, I told you the story about that, how, how uh, my dad, my mom was very melodic. She was, she was uh, very agile. She had rhythm, but my dad didn't have any. I guess that's why they attracted me. But, but, but dad, I would watch him I would watch him how he would pat his foot at church, and uh, he was always a little different than everybody, so I tried to get that. And so I, I learned it. And so ever since then, I've had no rhythm. <laughs> but, but I tell you what, you know, I, I, this is in the positive here. The, the apostle is telling us to be imitators of God, just like children. And then the next line is, is very, very, very powerful in my view. It's very informative to us. He says, and walk in love, this, this agape love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. And so what, what Paul says is be imitators, or what he wants you to do is is copy, as it were, what you see God doing. I mean, that's what he's saying to do. I mean, you're not going to just wake up one day and you're very proficient in all these things. You're going to have to have some practice. A number of years ago, when I was a young preacher, I was, uh, used to go to this Assemblies of God church in Kingsville where my, my good friend James uh, was pastoring. And I remember walking in one day and this lady, I've told you the story, but it's a good story. She said to me, because I've been preaching around, she said, boy, have you been practicing? <laughs> I looked at it, and I kind of got my lip real thin over my, lip, my teeth. And I said, I don't practice, I preach. <laughs> and she looked at me, and she said, no, you've been practicing. <laughs> and of course, of course, you know, it starts out, you're doing the very best you can. You're following what you see in the Holy Spirit. And uh, at one day, what you are laying hold of has now, as it were, laid hold of you in a more profound way. And, and so it's not like I have laid hold of it. Yes, I do lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of me. But when I lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me, it's as though what he has... What he has done has taken a firmer grip in me, and that's what my laying hold. I do my part, but then what, when I do my little feeble part, then what he has done takes a firmer grip. That's what that looks like. That's really what that looks like. Amen. And what I want us to do 
is to resolve to be like Jesus. And so he tells us to be imitators. And when he says that, he says, and walk in love. And so he, he does, he gives us an example of love and not just some kind of contrived love, some kind of love that I make up. He says, and walk in this agape love when, when it's not a love from a selfish motive. Sometimes we, we love from a selfish motive. I remember, as I told you the story about this young man, um, it was actually Pastor Ken's son who had come to do a marriage seminar with him and uh, the young man. I was wondering, what, what can this 40-year-old uh, young man teach, teach us? Yeah. I didn't say it in a derogatory way. I was just kind of musing. You know, we talked to ourselves a little bit. And, uh, but I remember what he said. He said, I never realized how selfish I was until I got married. And I knew it. I got, he didn't have to elaborate further because he was saying to all, all of us in that audience that a lot of times we marry people for what we can get from them rather than what we can give to them. And this is what Paul is talking about here. You know, it, walk in love. I need the, the love of God. I need the love of Christ. He says, and walk in love, this agape, uh, that is that, that I give you all of me because that's who I am. I'm not asking something from you first. I'm not asking something from you that satisfies me. I see, I, I, I don't see worth in you as it were, but my love gives you worth. That's what God did. And so you don't have, if you're just looking, oh, oh, uh, I, there's worth there. That's why I love you. That's not agape. God, agape loved us before we were lovable, before we were lovely. It loved us not because we were worth anything, but it gave us worth. So he gives us this example to the church and says, walk in love as Christ also has loved us. And, and so he says, okay, how did Christ love us? And, and given himself for us. So he has given himself for us. So in order to really change the world, we must have this kind of love. And I really want us to listen to that. Have this kind of love in your home. Have this kind of love for your husband, your wife. Have this kind of love for your children. Have this kind of love for your neighbors. Have this kind of love here when you come. Not uh, that's this kind of thing that wants to correct everybody, but have the kind of love that's giving and that's selfless, that is an offering, that is a sacrifice. Amen? And he tells us in verses 3, 4, uh, 5, um, he tells us to avoid these evil things like um, the, the opposite of God's love. Avoid fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, um, filthiness, foolish talking, coarse jesting. He said, get away from that stuff. So he says, all that stuff is selfish and it's not love. You know, the old song, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, something like that, is that the way it goes? Yeah. The, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, something like, what's the next line? You don't have to be ashamed. I know you know it. I'm, that's why I'm asking. It's, anyway, whatever it says. What does it say? Now say it, all together, say it in unison. 
Okay, say it again. Okay, okay, stupid, stupid. See, I knew that y'all knew it. You, I mean, the Holy Spirit let me know that somebody knows this. So y'all don't have to act like you don't know it, like I'm trying to think. Now, how does that go? I've been saved so long. Yeah, but, but, but this is the God kind of love, not the worldly kind of love. Because with the world, you, you can't make love fornicating. You know, you can't do it with uncleanness. That's not making love. You know, that's the, the total opposite of this stuff. And so he says in verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the, upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers. Don't be participants with them, he says. And so he commands us then to walk in light. And in verse 8, he tells us, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And, and uh, for the fruit of the Spirit in, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So that's what I would like to see you do. And I'd like to see you practice that. I would like to see you practice that until what God has done takes a firmer grip of your life. You do your part in that. And let's change the world. Let's change our city. Let's make the city a better place. And go ahead. And in conducting our lives in this manner, uh, Paul says that we're going to find out what is acceptable to the Lord. So we're going to find out everything that is acceptable to the Lord in our daily comportment. Everything is going to, we're going to find it. And we're not going to be involved in all their mess, all of their craziness, all their craziness. We're not going to be involved in that. Let, let's not participate with this crazy world system. Is that too much a challenge for you? You are light in the Lord. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Don't join with them. Don't let anybody talk you out of being who God has made you. Uh, I, I really want to say that again and again and again. You know, I, I'm going to say something. I hate to leave you with this one, but I'm going to leave it with you. I'm going to say this and just sort of leave it. We can discuss it more. I really believe that God is dealing with relationships that we've had that are not of him, that are ungodly. I believe he's dealing with them. For a number of years now, the Lord spoke to me about that. And he told me that as the time draws nearer to his coming, that he's going to deal with the unwholesome, unhealthy, ungodly relationships. And he said that he was going to be seen in our godly relationships in a more profound way in a more glorious way. And so some of the relationships I sense strongly tonight that God is dealing with them. And uh, some of us are a bit conflicted. But, but deal with that. Let God do that. Let God give you the right relationship. Let God show you what real love is. Uh, let, let the Lord bless your life. And if the Lord wants to take something from you, just allow him to take it, God. Do that. Amen.